here with Mr. Dom Church. This is RPPR episode 94. Scenario no to Electric Boogaloo. Sounds like you swallowed something that was full of air. You're it really does, man. It's seriously, you have you have an issue. I'm trying to it's panache. It's it's well, it's something. Yeah. So we'll, we'll work on that. In later. this episode, uh you guys remember a couple episodes ago, uh many moons ago, we did an episode where we talked about two old scenarios. Uh, relatively old, uh, uh, Zombie Town USA and All Fall Down. Wow. And so we said we would do another one, yep. another episode like it, but we're talking about scenarios written within the last year or so. And Indeed. that is what we are doing this time. We and they are both from books we picked up at Gen Con. Uh, yeah, uh, we got, um, we're looking at the Millionaire Special from Out of Space, yep. which is a trailer Cthulhu adventure, and then Ghost Town, which is from the new Mutants and Masterminds core rulebook. Thir- the new third edition rulebook. Third yeah. edition rulebook. So. Which I'm a huge fan of, by the way. Yes, and you're pretty much it at this point. I, yeah, uh, in this group, I'm, this is pretty much me. Yeah, I don't hate the Mutants and Mastermind rules, I don't think it's a bad system, but... If I'm going to do superheroes, it's going to be... Well, it's going to be Base Raiders now. Yes, we know, Ross. <laughs> like, yes, it's going to be the game I made. Yes, yeah, speaking of Base Raiders, oh, uh, God, here for the go. news uh, segue, um, we have the first Base Raiders actual play-up. Uh, it's a s- scenario called Transit that is using new rules that I developed by posted on the Base Raiders website uh, for origin stories. It's these, this is, uh, these are for adventures where... Uh, your characters uh, characters gain superpowers for the first time, and so and it is hilarious. It is hilarious, especially if you gain superpowers that you don't have enough skill points and refresh to pay for. So you gain all kinds of side effects and consequences as a result of those. So uh, this uh, transit sort of like the rules. You, I wrote about two thousand words. Uh, you can look, go there, the website, I'll have the link, or you listen to the actual play and hear how it turns out result. If you, if you try these rules out, uh, be sure to send feedback, uh, so I can, you know, uh, bask in your praise. Well, no, just so I can improve them. And so there's nothing that needs improving Ross. (laughs) Ross created it. It is perfect. No, trust me. The readers have sent in typos and I am far from perfect. And it makes Ross I'm sorry about the typos. Um, so, uh, and also another base reader news, Task Force Darknet is still in development. Um, we're going out with uh, Peter Nielsen. You guys might know him as Taro uh, Nori uh, Oyama on the forums. And he is RPPR super fan and a, a awesome dude. writer. Yeah, awesome dude. And so we're going to, we're putting our heads together to uh, create a great scenario for you guys. So uh, for those of you who backed at the deluxe level, um, He's always he's always good good value. Yes, at, at RPPR gatherings. And we're also working on other base raiders material. I plan to support this game line with uh, supplements. Tom is working. I'm on I'm working some. on a couple. Uh, yeah. So we'll see how that goes. I look forward to getting the the and other people are working on other stuff. 
Um, also, speaking of people working on things, Aaron is still working on his Let's Play in the Dark series for Raillery. And uh, as soon as I get some free time, I'll, I'll start producing some more Raillery content in the future. Uh, I still want to. I've just, again, been obsessed with getting Base Raiders out the door and getting people to review it. Seriously, it's all he talks about. Uh, base Raiders. So, <laughs> buy my book. It's kind of sad. And no. It, well, if you find it sad, you should buy my book. It'll make me feel better. It does. It really. It's the only thing that gets him up at night. <laughs> uh, so uh, that's the news uh, for. And our we're here. sticking to it. Yes. And so in this episode, we're going to be talking about uh, these news. These new scenarios. You know, scenario development, writing, design. Right. Has changed over the last twenty years. Believe some, it or not. yeah, it, yeah, a little bit. So weird. Uh, so. You know, it, you know, it's not like we're it's not like we're reading like ancient text and it's now evolved into something else. <laughs> yeah, didn't yeah the wor- words didn't spontaneously transmute on the page. Uh, that technology is being developed. Y- yes, it's called the Cthulhu Mythos. Anyways, oh, uh, so uh, the first scenario uh, is from the Means Mastermind's core rule book, Ghost Town. So Tom, why don't you give us a little overview of it? Uh, we'll, we won't spoil the end, but uh, just to give you guys an idea of what it's about. Well. Uh, this doesn't need to be. It's it's pretty pretty simple setup. An artifact is stolen from a museum, and it leads to it leads to a merry chase and a bunch of supernatural shit. That's really, I think, the gist of it. <laughs> okay, that's, that's. I'm sorry. That's if, really if if you ask me. Okay, explain this scenario to you know someone like. That's exactly how I would do it. There's a few twists. A few twists. You know, there's vampires and werewolves. Uh, and, and uh, a pocket dimension, pocket dimension, Without a shit. Time and yes, it's a pl- uh, yes, it's a it's a Carcosa hero, place. Hero, heroes uh, that have been caught in time for centuries. Uh, Vampire yeah. village, uh, lost uh, colony, lots of fighting, uh, lots of fighting, gods, and just it's supernatural shit. It's quite, quite. It's actually quite convoluted when you uh-huh. read the whole thing. Um, All stemming from a theft from a museum. Yes, well, that was only. The the part that you got hooked into things have been boiling over for a while, and that yeah. was just the, the 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 needle that broke the camel's back, kind of. Uh, so <laughs> then we uh, the other one, Millionaire Special, uh, is a historical scenario in a uh, book called Out of Space. Out of Space all has scenarios set in atypical times and places for mm-hmm. not, i.e., not New England in the 1920s. Uh, so this one is set on the Titanic. On yep. its maiden slash final voyage. And it involves this millionaire who has smuggled a mummy on board. And is he also happens to be a spiritualist. So he tries to contact the dead. Uh, and the problem is he does. Yeah. And turns out this this particular dead person needs to stay dead. Yeah. Uh, Seriously, and yeah, it, she's a bitch. <laughs> she's a priestess of Nyarlathotep. So. Like, yeah, so go figure. Hilarity ensues. <laughs> uh, so on a doomed ship. On a doomed ship. So those are the two, uh, the basic plots of them. Um, they're both in comparable length. Yeah, um, a dozen pages or so. Uh, the 
Titanic scenario has pre-generated player characters, which adds to the page link. That also has a lot of historical background. Uh, Just in case you're one of the few people that doesn't know about the Titanic. Well, there's the difference between knowing that it happened and knowing, like, the details of what happened goes which on. Which I am one of those people, so. Well, like, not everybody knows about the, the extent of its library or Turkish baths or cafe. or The swimming pool, the tennis court. The yes. squash court, yeah. Yeah, squash court, sorry. Uh, and the and the exact differences between the first and the second. There was a brand new Bernalt car on board. Yes, owned by a millionaire. Exactly. So there's there's quite uh, uh, not not everyone's going to be up to up to date on their Titanic trivia. So, uh, anyways, um, and then of course the Mutants Masterminds book has talks about Emerald City a little bit, which is the city that is totally not Seattle. Yeah, it they the yeah, Mutants Mastermind has this thing where they have two like made up cities that are the kind of their core settings. Freedom city which is, is the maybe, East coast is and, the, and, and Emer- Emerald. Emerald city is the West coast. So, uh, they talk a little bit about that, but they're, they're like, it's only a few pages because yeah, it's, it's a very much a four. I spoke to some, I spoke to some of the green Ronin guys at Gen Con and they said that, yeah, they're going to have a whole new source book for, uh, for, a uh, Emerald city. Right. But it's not at all necessary for this. No. In fact, you know, this this game could start anywhere. No, not really, because what well, has to be a place that has like a Native American tribe. Uh, well, any there's, any well, it, it doesn't have to it, it doesn't have coast. to be Emerald City at all. It Doesn't have to be Emerald City, but there are geographical mm-hmm. and historical features. Like you couldn't put it in Paris. Oh, I mean, anywhere in America, or, most places in America, or Omaha, because you need an island. So mm-hmm. uh, it, it, there, it, it's actually a little more limiting. Uh, you'd have to change some things around. Um, what, what you mean? Change the, change the, the landscape. GMs uh, can't do that. <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. Um, so first off, let's, uh, I like to give a little, I know we're going to be focusing on these new scenarios, but I'd like to like, I went back and looked, skimmed over, uh, our, the previous two scenarios we talked about all fall down and zombie town. Yes. Which was, what was that noted for Tom? Oh uh, yeah. Uh, see, I had no zombies in. Oh yeah. Auto duel. That's it. Yeah. Uh, so, I'm sorry. It's it's like a it's like a psychosomatic reaction now. I know it's it's kind of funny. Uh, it is for other people. One of the things I notice in both scenarios, both the new two new scenarios, is they're very explicit on the language they use, which is very sort of uh, cinematic, or at least in terms of script writing, like it's very like there are scenes, scenes yeah. at first beginning act, final act, uh, finale, and they talk about what order to put them in. Uh, Trail Cthulhu is very like explicit on like here is the spine of the adventure. They have this whole mm-hmm. format like, and these are optional scenarios. You can run this at between this point, but not after this point. You know, and yeah. I- I- any time in between. So, um, and then the uh, ghost town is a little bit like that, but not not quite as. Uh, when I went back and looked, <coughs> sorry, went back and looked at the two old scenarios. <laughs> uh, Zombie Town doesn't have anything like that. Like they talk, they, I mean, like they don't use the word. They don't like scene one, scene two, or scene three. They don't think they have like an order. Like the scenario is written in roughly chronological order, right? But it doesn't really talk about you know put this scene here. This is optional, or you know it's very not. You know, framing like they don't give you in Zombie Town is very bad because they don't tell you what the the plot is until you have to read the whole scenario to figure out what the plot is. Yeah, you really kind of it it sorely lacks a uh, GM section at the beginning, right? Which both the two new adventures mm-hmm. did have. Like, yes. here's 
What's right, UGMs. Up? Okay, here's the meat and potatoes of what you need to know. Yeah, here's the here's the heart of it. Here's the here's what the villain knows. Here's the the big twist. Um, and I thought that. And then you look at All Fall Down. All Fall Down does have scenes, and it so it's a little better in that respect. It's more cinematic. Uh, but they don't really give you upfront information that you kind of don't find out until the end. Like <coughs> player characters who are in this adventure are going to get fucked, you know, like, as we mentioned last. Yeah. Um, they're well, actually now that I think about it, ghost town is kind of the same way because there are massive ramifications for the characters, which they get into in the end. Yeah. But they don't really mention at the beginning, like, Hey, this will have a lasting effect on your PCs, you know, um, obviously the Titanic, that's like, it's, yeah. it's so obvious you can't. Well, it's, like, it's, it's basically, it's call of Cthulhu on a doomed <coughs> ship. Yeah. You know, you've got yeah, the players. If, if the players make it, it's, it's amazing. Yeah. Um, but the, yeah, so they, so like that in like all these trail of Cthulhu adventures, the entire book is basically set up, not as campaign, but individual one shots. So it's like that sort of implicit, like your character's are going to be drastically changed. You can't really fit this in a campaign. No, they're, I mean, because of the timeline, I mean, like you'd have to set the entire thing around that. I mean, it would be really hard to do that. So, um, mm. well, I can imagine, uh, maybe, uh, <coughs> sorry, I can, well, I can imagine like, uh, millionaire special. You could do it. This could be like the culmination of a campaign that's set in, been in London that takes you to, uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, again, but then you'd have to set up before the Titanic. You would. And there's just, you'd, you'd have to come up with an entire campaign. There's not really, like, all the campaign stuff for Trail of Cthulhu is really set in the 20s or 30s. Mm-hmm. Or the 1890s. I mean, like, you know, there's there's a whole gas lot. We'll, we'll call it Cthulhu, but, you know, they're, they're yeah. kind of interchangeable. To a certain extent, I don't want to get into whole arguments. Um, but there's not really, like, 1915 stuff, you know. No, I mean, they're similar enough. It wouldn't take a lot of work to do it. Yeah. I mean, the the jump the jump in technology from like, you know, 1890 to 1912 yeah. isn't earth-shattering. Uh, that's a good point. Uh so I guess you could, but I, again, it's better as a one-shot. Like, I mean, mm-hmm. um like the like the only difference is there are no would be no submachine guns in 1890 or something right. like that. But really, not not a lot. Um, yeah, but like again, like because the players know it's the Titanic, and there's no way they know like they're not gonna like they they're just gonna come in like we're fucked. Let's yeah. have fun with this. Let's it might as well be a one shot. Really, so, uh, it's I mean, kind of unique in that respect. So like I can't think of any other scenario where like you're there's gonna there's a really good chance of a total party kill right at the front of it. Yeah, like, I mean, even, except maybe the Tomb of Horrors. It's like you're going into the Tomb of Horrors, but you don't know. It. Yeah, like I mean, there, the players there, do. I read there's a scenario um, based on yeah. There's a scenario based on the Hindenburg. Yeah, it's a spy scenario. It was from a spy game. I forget that hmm. this was years ago, but yeah, it's another one of those. Like yeah, if you're on if you're on a vehicle, yeah, that's doomed. Yeah. Yeah, there's yeah, that's you can pretty much you do the same thing like well maybe, let's just have some fun until the inevitable happens. Right. So, um, so the setting you know uh, uh, in, in that sense is kind of unique. I mean, in um, the Emerald City is very much set up as like like the beginning of the scenario kind of talks about it's it's just like again comic book city for the most part in the actual mm-hmm. scenario. Right. They only mention like 
oh, if your PCs, how to hook your group into the scenario. Like, if your PCs have good relations with the police or the civilians, they can easily will be called in to find this because yeah. of reason why and stuff like that. So unless they're like the Punisher, you know, like <laughs> there, there's going to be a sort of assumption that they're going to be fine. You know, that they'll just be given the given the plot hook. Yeah, it's like, fine. Yeah, it'll be it's fine. So there's not really a lot given to the the, the setting itself until they get into the scenario specific areas. There's a lot of material talking about a vision, which is the little pocket dimension mm-hmm. Roanoke. Col- it's a Roanoke colony, basically, is what they're going off of. You know, like oh my god, Roanoke had a magical reason why it disappeared, and ah, uh, vampires. And, like, they talk about, like, the history of it and the myths of these Native American tribes that, like, uh, have know about it and the people who are trapped in there. They've only experienced seven years. Well, hundreds of years have gone by in the original. And so, like, there's a lot of setting material talking about that, you yeah. know. Um, which, I, I mean, like, you, with the convoluted nature of the scenario, it's absolutely necessary. So... Um, but there's a lot of info dumping that players are going to have to have in order because they're like outsiders and like they're going to have the NPCs. Here's what happened to us, and here's what happened to these guys. And blah, uh, yeah, blah, it blah. seems yeah, it seems to be a scene that comes up a lot. Just you know, the info dump exposition yeah. scene. But I mean, I don't know a way to get around that. Yeah, I mean, sometimes you have to. All right, guys, buckle down. Here we go. Like, Information. Yeah. Um, the Titanic scenario, like they have like a couple pages worth of background material on it. But, like, they say, if you want it, here it is. And then you can go research more on yeah. your own. But then again, like, as the, uh, you know, as the uh, players, you know, you don't, you don't, I don't, you don't have to have too much of an info dump on the Titanic because you can experience that as being on the ship. Yeah. I think that's more, that's more for the GM, I think. Well, I mean, it's like the players, I mean, yeah, because the GM will, will want to be able to know, like, what can players do and what can't they mm-hmm. do. Because, like, it's a trail of Cthulhu mystic, so they're going to want a fucking library use. You know, they're going to do some research. And, like, they, they like, hey, they actually have a really great library on the Titanic with a mm-hmm. lot of really cool books. Right. And if you want to introduce the other stuff, just have someone say, oh, like, I, lo- I last saw him down at the Turkish bath. And you could have, like, well, what's that? Like, yeah. It's like, oh you, oh, you don't know. It's like, I was like, oh, I thought you knew of the amenities of the ship. Well, let me explain. Yeah. The friendly steward. But it's, it's there in the background, and you don't, yeah. like, have to have it. Here are all the things of the ship. Go forth and do yeah. ship things. Uh, this is yeah. Like, can it's you kind of like if it comes up? Yeah. This it's not like it's not like a Glancy. <laughs> like if Glancy ran a game on the Titanic, you would know everything. I would know everything about it. I could yeah. Uh, yeah, you would like you would know what de- what deck this particular <laughs> stateroom is on. <laughs> uh, well, they actually do mention like yeah. that, and there are parts in the scenario where it says like. You can't just because, you know, there's a mummy like the players just can't. It's not easy to grab the mummy and throw it overboard. Like they actually say the promenade has shell, you know, blah, blah, blah. You can't. Mm-hmm. It, it would be actually take some effort to throw it overboard and people are going to see it. You know, like, excuse me. What are you doing with that mummy? And then they like might see the body thrown overboard. Like, oh, my God, person there's a murder. Overboard. Yeah, yeah. There's a, a man overboard or a woman overboard. Um, and so- some of the officers <laughs> carried handguns on the ship. Right. Which I also go into. Um so there's, but that setting <laughs> material is there, but it's not, it's there only context needed like or yeah. context relevant. You know, like I felt yeah. with the ghost town scenario. It, you need it. You would you, need every, it. you just got to throw yeah, it as soon all as you, As soon as you get there, you're going to be in the fucking dark if you don't. Right. Literally. Um, cause it's a dark place. Like it's literally it's like, li- it's, like it's my dark place. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but there's like, it's like, like oh, got mist shit. and shit like that. God, I play the scenario. Now I'm going to hear the dark place theme in my head. <laughs> <laughs> Um, God damn it! So ruined. I or say or awesome. Yeah. 
Um, so yeah, why don't you talk a little bit about like the antagonists? I mean, like who did you like more in terms of the the bad? They're both well. I would say my baddies. I mean, the super the baddie from uh, keep in mind, I both I read these a while ago, so I, my my memory is not perfect. But the mummy in um, a millionaire special, it's kind of a generic mythos baddie. Yeah, undead uh, priestess. Undead priestess. You know, it's nothing that's gonna nothing that jumped out at me. Yeah, it's not. It's not like you know a lover in the ice monster. Like, what the fuck is this? Well, uh, yeah, the the the. It's, that, I mean, that's true. It's yeah. basically it's a it's a spirit. It's a the spirit of of, of a priestess of Nyarlathotep. Yeah, who wants will want to kill you on this ship. Yeah, because you angered her. Yeah, and that's basically it. Yeah. Yeah. So. Not bad. Once again, it it does the job as an antagonist. I think really, I think a scenario like this, I think you're the main antagonist is the ship itself. That's you can almost say that. Well, not as not the only one. It's as much an antagonist as the mummy. Yeah, I would say that. Like it's definitely not the primary antagonist, but it is one. But like that's what that's the twist of the scenario. You're right. Mm -hmm. It is a standard monster. I mean, that's but like I, I don't. I mean, it's no, it's, standard it, it, it's perfect for the scenario, right? I'm not saying I'm not saying it's not. I'm not saying it's not good or anything. It's I think it's absolutely perfect for the scenario because I actually think throwing anything bigger in the mythos into this scenario would be a waste. Overkill. Overkill. Yeah. It's you know. Well, I mean, not even necessarily like bigger, but like throwing, like to use Lover in the Ice, like throwing Amante. Mm-hmm. And the Titanic wouldn't work because it's such a weird crate. Like the whole point of that scenario <laughs> is like, here's something you've never encountered before. Mm-hmm. Your your job is to figure out what. And the, the thing fuck is, it is, I think it's the, the thing is a mummy and a spirit in the nineteen nineteen twelve is yeah. perfect. Yeah, it, it totally fits. It fits the time frame, and it fits the uh, what I like to call like the expansive claustrophobia of being on a ship at sea. That's yeah. a good way of putting it. Yeah, I mean, it's yeah, it's especially a big one. Like yeah, that. it's. I mean, the, the Titanic was now okay. Nerd shit coming up here. <laughs> Eight hundred and eighty-two feet long, and it's you know as high as high as an eleven-story building with two over two like twenty-two hundred people on board. So it's a big fucking thing, but you're still in the middle of the well, ocean. Way more than two hundred twenty. No, it's two twenty-two hundred. People. Oh, 2,200. I thought you said 2,200. No, it's 22. I might. Well, 2,200 people. Yeah. So it's this huge ship, but you're in the middle of the op- of the ocean. Yeah. You might as well be on Mars. I mean, yeah, you have the wireless. Yeah. So you can have a, you can telegraph to shore, but yeah. that's it. Right. So, yeah, you're stuck there. So, so I think something like that mummy is perfect for this scenario. I think it works just fine. And it's, and I think it's, it's almost kind of just unique to that scenario. Yeah. Because, uh, so yeah, I, if, if this was on land, it was like in a museum in London or mm-hmm. wherever, it would be boring. Like, yes. It would be so, oh, a mummy, she's cursing us. Wow, that, like, I didn't like, see yeah. that coming. He's like, well, like, well, we, well, we need to seal off this block and yeah, uh, maybe we can like we can go on to a- – Well, I mean like the mummy has unusual like tricks. Like she does – like they have – she has custom abilities mm-hmm. and stuff like that. So like what she can do is very – like the GM has a lot of tools to use her to fuck with people. Right. Uh, like – at first, she starts at weak. She builds up strength. Um, she has she has different ways she can fuck with your dreams, or she can fuck with you. As yeah, and she doesn't just ju- want to just kill you. Yeah, she does want to suck your tor- soul. Yeah. She wants to you know torment you and suck your soul out. Yeah. So that you know, but so that's good. I mean, also that that the Amante, yeah, once again using that, it just it wants to fuck you. 
Well, and then kill the you. The thing is, but again, like the the Amante scenario, the whole point of that scenario is to figure out what that creature is and how to mm-hmm. stop what it how it works and how to stop. So it. that's what I'll say. Yeah. Like, so, well, that's the thing one, is, if you, well, my point is, like, if you put Amante on the Titanic, I, well, I'm, I was used to using that as an example. Well, no, it's a good it's a good way. I mean, think about it. If you put it on the Titanic, there would be a good because there's a limited time frame in which the players one could detect Amante and then two fight Amante, like. The ship could sink, and we would never know yeah. what the fuck we were fighting, and whether or not we killed it. Well, also, it would be left ambiguous. And also, well, the Amante also needs time to really get going. Well, you can you can change that. Like you could say well, he's a different a subspecies of it, or whatever. So, uh, or somebody who's got it at a, to an advanced degree goes on board, and so. Like there are there are ways to do, but the problem is if it's a totally new thing and the whole if you make you have to scenarios I think have to have one focus or the other, and so if the focus is here's a new monster, figure Figure it out, or then then if you put it in this environment where there's a good chance it just gets so difficult that the players are just not going to get a hundred percent or they're not even going to figure out what the plot was. It's just like like there's a good movie I saw, Uh, well uh, an interesting movie I saw a lot called Beyond the Black Rainbow which is trippy as hell, but I don't know what the fuck happened in it. Like it's so trippy. I lost the plot. And so like, I'm inter- I, I'm glad I watched it and that I experienced it. But like, if it was a scenario and I left it and it ended, I'm like, the fuck? Yeah. Lost highway did that to me. Yeah, exactly. You don't mm-hmm. know what happened. And so you feel it, it doesn't feel as satisfying as like a scenario where you're killed or you have a horrible fate, but you know what happened. You know the story at least. Mm. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. So I feel that's why a, a using a gen, like, generic mm-hmm. monster like the mummy. I used air quotes, listeners. Uh, He's a method actor. <laughs> yeah, um, was better than using something really yeah. weird. Well, as I said, no, it fit the scenario perfectly. Yeah. And I and I yes and I like I do like the tools it gives the GM. Like there's it. So many ways it can mess with you, mm-hmm. and the thing is, it, it and it enjoys messing with you. Yeah, the scenario is really good about giving explicit advice. Like, have it target one or two players. Have here's a list of five different things it can do. And at first, it's uh, just gonna fuck with you. It's just gonna because it's with not you. strong enough. It's gonna like attack you in your dreams. Gonna or do something else, and then let so let the player and then like that's enough. Like you don't need like. One of the players gets attacked. The, everyone he'll tell the other players, and then all the players are, "Oh shit! What do we do?" And they run around like chickens with their heads cut off, as players do. Yeah, and that, that's all you need. Like another thing about scenario, I realize you really don't need as much as you think you do. Like, yeah, in terms of scenario prep. Well, no, I've, it's been like whenever I've designed a scenario, yeah. I always end up with too much in the first draft. Yeah, always. Yeah, but then again, I think that's well, that's that's kind of going to because you're not thinking of the players. But you know, I think you need too much at first. Because then it's much easier to, I think, cut to cut things away than to add things. Yeah, no, I mean that's true. Like Caleb scenarios, mm. like are great, but like we saw that in some of the playtests for the new yeah. security stuff. Is like he added like, or not even no security, but like um, dangers of fraternization. He had that whole plot line about the uh, the baby, mm-hmm. uh, which when cut, like it streamlines the yeah. focus of but it you more. don't know what's going to what's going to do that right because you don't know how players are going to react so i mean that's a that's a good lesson you just like a mummy on the titanic is enough like that either either element by itself isn't like so you super yeah, dramatic so yeah but so you don't need an extra thing of and there's a rival on board trying to steal it yeah that would yeah that would be a little much yeah um and let well that could work if you tone down the mummy 
But I think the mummy needs to be be the, the mummy thing. is because uh, like the thing is I can, I kind of want to run it like I'd love to run it sometime because and record an AP of it because I love the, the like the way it describes the real finale of the scenario is the sinking of the Titanic itself spoiler alert <laughs> yeah um, but like the mummy's in physical form and the mummy doesn't give a shit about the cold it's undead so like. Imagine a scene where the Titanic's sinking, the players are getting closer and closer to the water. And when they get in the water, like the mummy starts dragging them, tries to drag them under, and they're like, oh fuck. Can you imagine that kind of fight? Like that 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 mummy's really fucking scary. Or can you imagine like after the ship sinks, if you're on that overturned lifeboat? Yeah. Standing basically in ankle deep water. Yeah. Knowing that's all that separates you from certain death. And you're and you're thinking and you really, really hope the mummy doesn't want to be seen by anyone else. Yeah. Because if she doesn't give a fuck about that, you're fucked. You're, you're fucked. You're so fucked. Um, yeah. So why don't we talk a little about? Uh, and as for okay, yeah. then there's okay. Um, Ghost town. Ghost town. It's uh, well, there's lots of there's lots of there's uh, a fuckload fuck of antagonists. There's vampires, it's werewolves, uh, and witches. Uh, the one thing I do love it. It actually shows you know. Okay, well, like, what if the players try to negotiate with the various groups, which yeah. is totally something we would do. Yeah. Yeah, you know, like it's it gives results like okay. So what if you try to negotiate with the vampires? What if you yeah. try to negotiate with the werewolves? And which once well, once again, it's and the witches, yeah. Yeah, you know, it's like like actually instead of fighting, can we just try to make friends with all of them? Like, no, yeah, no, you can't. But we're gonna try. Um, yeah. So the thing is, the vampire has his own cult, mm-hmm. and so he's got a lot of little servants. And what happens is <laughs> the players go through the portal. Like the, the artifact that they're trying to find, recover, opens a portal to this lost world. And there are this group of these group of people who are descendants of the lost people who are trying to save them. Yeah. And so they, they just have the best of intentions. They don't realize that the reason why they're all trapped in there is because some heroes trap the bad guy in there to save the world from him. And uh, now that they open the portal, the bad guy, can, the vampire lord can get out. And the players meet up with the heroes and they're like, oh, shit, we need to fight. Stop this vampire lord. He's a total dick. And the core, the the meat of the scenario. Well, the first thing is there are two fight, fights right back to back. Like the first mm-hmm. two, like for you, the players go to the museum. They get a clue that takes them to this island. This this that's just a wilderness preserve. That's where the ritual is going on. And they go straight from the museum to the island. Like they fight the people who are trying to save yeah. their descendants. There's a fight there. Boom. And so like there's one fight, and there's a you know GM just says. Throw as many of them as you want. They're they're minions. There there could be a lot of them, but regardless, the portal opens. There's no way to stop the scenario from happening. Like it just fucking happens, uh, <coughs> which is kind of a dick thing to do. It is. I mean, it, I I do. I guess I really kind of think that it's kind of railroading. Yeah. If you, if the players man, actually manage to stop it, let them. You can always bring the shit back in later. Yeah. Um. I mean, that's the thing. Is like if you're. If you're trying to make this scenario about like the going through the portal, just have the like the GM says you can just say if the players don't immediately go there, the portal's there, everyone's gone. So I would just do that regardless. Yeah, you really don't need. I think, and like, yeah, or if you want to have a fight there, like have the minions left behind to make sure no one goes in to fuck with it. Yeah, that could that actually is a yeah. good idea. Um, so they go through the portal. They they're dropped into another fight where they're fighting werewolves who are trying to kill the villagers who are stranded in time. Mm-hmm. And so there's two hard fights back to back. And then they're saved, uh, or this this hero shows up who's basically a female Daniel Boone with some werewolf powers, uh, and she she helps them out. And oh, let me take you to my husband. He's a mystic. He'll he'll explain this shit. He'll ex- mm-hmm. he'll info dump your ass off. And, and boy, howdy! Yeah, he does. <laughs> 
And so there's like two pages of just describing these two, this married hero couple, the, the, the doctor clock and long hunter. And they're interesting characters and interesting NPCs be sure. Um, but then he gets in the meat of the scenario is like, Hey, Dr. Clock, we, or Dr. Clock says, we need to find, get three artifacts from these followers of the vampire Lord to find the vampire Lord. And then we can shut them down. I'm like, all right, so get the three things, get the three MacGuffins, get the three MacGuffins. And so Castlevania, not because <laughs> one of them is the vampire's heart. And like the other two are other artifacts that grant powers. So it's totally Castlevania. Um, yeah. Did you get that idea? Yeah, I totally got a Castlevania vibe. <laughs> yeah, like from one of the old NES Castlevanias. Yeah, like I was a, yeah Castlevania too, um, which I own actually. I beat that. Yeah, I, I still have the original cartridge for the <laughs> NES. I, I don't know what happened to my copy. Um, so, anyways, the players go through and they they have to fight like. All three of them are fights, basically. Or, like, one of them can be done if stealth, but it's just, oh, it's really hard to do it through stealth. You really, like, it's almost like, I read it's kind of like, you really should just fight them. Yeah. Because you could do it another way, but it's not as easy and not as cool. Yeah. So, so you just, should just fight him. So Ninja McStealthy, Solid Snake guy, nah, he should just right. be punching. It, it, it kind of struck me as one of those scenarios in a game where there's multiple ways to do it. Yeah. But the one that, you know, the one that requires the most work... The most, you know, strategy. Yeah, it's like you you do all this shit to avoid to do it the stealthy way, and yeah. all it, all it does it leads to the same shit, and maybe you get an achievement. Yeah. So you kind of feel like, well, I'm sure glad I took the extra <laughs> 45 minutes to do it this way. Yeah, I know what you mean. Like I just beat Arkham City, and there's some sections in that game where you're like, ah, I stealth, I beat, and no one saw me, and then you're like, oh, I gotta go through the door, and there's like a dozen guys just waiting for me, and like. No way yeah. to go through a grade yeah. or event or just I, like, nope. I, Yeah, it's games like that. You want to like, wouldn't it have been just easier if you'd just gone through? And yeah. You're like, don't tell me how to play this game, game. <laughs> uh, so you beat up Group A to get Artifact A. Yeah, group B. And then, but the Group C, though, the werewolves, they're like, fight our champion one-on-one, and then we'll side with you. Although that's not really mentioned in the rest of the scenario, like what, what no. the ramifications of that are. Like you can't side with them, but they don't mention like, oh, the werewolves can totally help you in this Which situation. is totally missing out. I mean, if you yeah. actually win and they agree to help you, just like, I mean, come on, just the sheer awesomeness of you, you know, charging, you know, doing, you know, that's like charging the enemy positions with like a pack of werewolves following you. Yeah. Dude, that's like irresponsible not to explore how awesome that is. Yeah, because when yeah, I mean, I, I may have missed it, but I didn't see anything that really like. There really isn't. Yeah. I, no, I don't remember either. Yeah. So. Yeah, so if you get them on your side, what? Yeah. Exactly. Um, that no fights are easier. Uh, they like all all the fights in this game also are like like there's a lot of big battle scenes where there's like the heroes, allies of the heroes. Uh, neutral NPCs <laughs> fighting like dozens of bad guys, and they're just and, like, and it kind of seems like you know, not quite maybe, maybe not quite as uh, uh, you know, as intense or you know, as involved as the fight in uh, was a big, big wheel, yeah. But it kind of seems like they could get that way, yeah. Well, that's the thing is like the the the, the advice is specifically like. Balance the fights out, like have one bad guy for every player. And then like, just say your allies neutralize the rest of the bad guys. So they don't really give explicit advice on like how to balance the fights. Like if the players did this, the fight is easier because there's one less bad guy. Yeah, I noticed that they kind of, yeah, they say balance the fight. They really don't tell you how to do that. Yeah. Like 
And that's the thing is like Mutant Masterminds third ed, like that's a really crunchy game. Like you look at those stat sheets, like holy shit, those guys have a lot of like they put a lot of work into statting out the bad guys and the NPCs and the heroes. Uh, remember that old list, uh, you know, like advice for GMs. One was if the GM bothers to create a character sheet for the villain, you're not going to defeat him. <laughs> you're not going to one shot them. Yeah. You're not going to like sucker punch them and they're going to go down. Like, and that's what, what I felt like in this. It was like there's so many of these bad guys and these characters, and you're just like, I, it's a D20 game, and like it's it's definitely on the Pathfinder level of complexity. So like they have lots of options and they have lots of abilities. All the characters do. So the GM like, and they, they don't really give a huge amount of advice on like they give some. But not like a huge amount of them. like the bad guys will do this and then this and then, you know, they'll do mm-hmm. A, B and then C. So like the GM has to kind of look at it and sort of absorb a lot of material like, OK, it's more efficient for them to do this and then this and then this and then mm-hmm. this. Because like with that, I know when I run D20 combat like this, like I totally figured, oh, this guy had uncanny dodge. I totally could have done this and this and that would have been a much more challenging fight. You know, do you know what I mean? Oh, like, yeah. There's, it's, there's, there's, no, there's so much shit there. Yeah. Each character in you as a fan of the series, even I'll admit a statted out villain or hero has got a lot of numbers on that sheet. And a lot of feats and a and, lot and of spe- powers. And especially with a superhero game, those powers, yeah, it's not it's not like you think, all right, see it's like Medusa, it's like you know, your standard, you know Petrification. Petrification. No, it's it's it could be anything. Yeah. I mean, I know we're not mentioned talking about the other there there's another scenario in the Means Masterminds book, um, which I forgot is about apes, you know, mm-hmm. like an ape. Well, Dr. Plant- Sam- yeah, and it involves a villain, Doctor Simeon. Yeah, but like literally, the first scene of that is like a group of six bad guys who are all fully statted out, all power level ten, are robbing the top three levels of this skyscraper, and the players have to go and stop them. And like that has nothing to do with the main plot. They just notice the shit that's happening over somewhere else in the city just by coincidence, and like. There, so there's a brute fight with like six bad guys. That, that, with, that, that, have, that means nothing. That means nothing. It has nothing to do with the main plot. The bad, the, 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 the players interrogate them. They don't know shit. Like the bad guys all have different powers. They're all just like, holy, I mean, like, I mean, it's, it's like a, it's like a villain group of the week. Yeah. I mean, it's like, but just like six bad guys that just like a throwaway fight. Like, holy shit. And these are complex. These aren't just like this guy shoots lightning. This guy shoots eyes. They're like, this guy has bolos and this guy can do this woman can convert the weather. And this one has a cat. Like they each have like three like, to you know, four environment, powers. Like environment effects and weapons. Yeah. And I mean, they just, yeah, they're just like, Holy shit. That's a really complex fight, especially for just, Oh, and the end of this fight, you happen to notice something over there. There's the real plot. Go, you know, uh, what, what if you think, no, we're kind of busy here. Yeah, we're oh, we gotta get, get these. Yeah, and it says, oh yeah, if they if they lose, the players get re- uh, the paramedics save them. Say, hey, can you go check that out? Like, like no, like, fuck <laughs> like, that. I'm <laughs> hurt. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So it's a very Silver Age kind of mentality, though. It's like the bad guys don't kill, the good guys are, are expected not to kill, and so on. <laughs> oh, and so that's why the Silver Age works not very well on players. <laughs> not not on players. No. Uh, so, anyways, back to the main. So the the. The players get the three artifacts. They go to the Vampire Lord, find out, oh, no, that was a twist. And like, the what vampire, a twist. Yeah. Uh, the Vampire Lord goes into the Emerald City and he's like a god and he's trying to drink the blood of other gods. And the players have to do something to beat the shit out of him. And so it there's gets, another fight. Yeah, it yeah. kind of gets uh, like really convoluted. Like the, there's just, yeah, it's a very like Doctor Strange kind of plot and very as wow very quickly so anyways i feel like there's just like in this one there's just way too many antagonists like there's just way too many like there's a lot of moving parts in this scenario 
and goes down. So yeah, I, uh, that's why I think we prefer to we prefer to often negotiate because it's often less time consuming. Yeah, that's the thing. Is yeah, and if you want to, I mean, that, like I can't see doing that just because of the fights in like in less than three sessions. Just no. like it's one fight after the other. It's like the yeah uh, the thing that takes the most time. Yeah. Um, so and yeah, so if, we're, let's, let's, and if, we're and if the group, and if the group is not as completely sure of the system either, yeah, that's going to be a lot of confusion. Yeah, that's the thing about mutants and masterminds is we learn in the uh, campaign you ran, especially. Oh god, uh, <laughs> I had fun that, with it, but like RJ had a lot of sis, more system mastery than any of us, so he made a much more effective character. And so he was kind of almost it's kind of a game breaky character, actually. Well, I mean, that's the thing for me, for you, because he he knew the system better than you did at that Mm -hmm. point. Um, And that was second edition, too. Like they may fix that by third ed. Mm -hmm. I mean, I I don't know. Well, Uh, pretty much they do say the GM is my like what I should have done was say, uh, no, I'm not that those that power set is just going to be inappropriate for the game. Sure. I just I should have done that. Yeah, but I didn't. Right. But, um, so, I mean, that's just kind but of, whatever. yeah, I uh, think so getting back to this scenario. So we have the, the antagonist, one antagonist, well, two antagonists and millionaire special, the Titanic and the, the mummy and the mummy versus just a vampire, his cult, werewolf, uh, werewolves. Yeah. But yeah, just a lot of, a lot of bad guys. Um, so talking about structure, I mean, obviously both of them are pretty linear, Overall, like the Titanic, obviously they give you a timeline of when the Titanic set sail and when it hits the iceberg. And so the players only have so many, so much time before, you know, <laughs> the end game, yeah, the, the real, game. a true end game. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. Although they talk about what happens after that. Um, the, the one weakness I felt about the Titanic scenario um, is the mummy does not die with the Titanic as the, it's already dead. Yeah, yeah. As it's already dead. And its spirit can follow them to shore. And it's it. But the thing is, it says it will keep haunting them uh, until the 19th or until a certain date when it runs out of magic. It just burns itself out. And I'm like, all right, that's fine. That makes mm-hmm. sense. But like the, there's no way for the players to know that. And so like if they get to shore and like the mummy haunts them the night they come back, like you're just. I'm fucked. I'm doomed. There's yeah, not- see, there's might as well just, you know. Yeah, exactly. But if they know, like, oh, if we just hold on for three days, we're fine. Like, then that becomes, so, like, I, if I would change anything, I would, like, put some sort of clue or some sort of information. I mean, I, I know I would do, like, you just got to last, outlast your three days or whatever. Um, that's what I would do. Yeah. Uh, in terms of the structure, uh, uh, giving that information. But it's kind of, but a very, the scenes are very module. Like you can run this scene in this order and switch or switch these things around. Um, the way the, the timing of the mummy attacks and that kind of thing. Um, the structure of ghost town is pretty much you go through the port. Like the thing is that it does say you can go after the artifacts, the three artifacts you need to proceed in any order in ghost town. So like the players can choose, which guys to beat up first, basically, you know, the, the, the vampire monks, the werewolves or the, mm-hmm. I will witches. say at least the werewolves, you have a set, you have another option than just fight them. and beat Right. Them. Right. But you choose like the structure of the scenario is like, you can choose to fight them first mm-hmm. and then, or you can choose to fight them last. And, uh, but everything else is pretty much set in stone. Like there's no, there, uh, there's the timeline is very specific on that. So they're they're pretty linear, and um, I don't know. Would you change any of that? Would you make uh, it more open ended? And the, the I timing? would I would say that I would I would keep them. You could take them in whatever order, 
But I would, I think I would add something that there are consequences for doing some of the artifacts after another. Okay. You know, like, you know, I could say that, uh, okay. So the, so the so, game becomes an opti- optimization thing. Yeah. Like what's the best Because you could, you know, basically like, I think like if you capture one artifact, the people guarding the other two are going to hear about that. They're going to know you're coming mm-hmm. and they're going to beef up, you know, beef up their security of the artifact. The thing is the artifact does grant powers. Like it, the mm-hmm. scenario is very explicit until you, you have to give up all three to find the vampire Lord. But until then you can actually use one of the artifacts to help you. So if the players know what the artifacts do. Like, oh, this one boosts our strength and regeneration. Well, I'll just grab that and hulk out and wail yeah. on the other guys. But yeah, I think there needs yeah. – Or they could try and, like, go after all of them at once. Like, yeah, split. split up into three teams. Yeah. I think there should – yeah, there needs to be more options. Well, more information. More, right? uh, well, more information, which I had to me, and more yeah. options. Yeah. So, you know, it's – so uh, determining which order you go after them, it's not just which one – well, which enemies do you feel like fighting right now? Yeah. It's more uh, – That's what I felt like. Yeah, yeah I, I think it needs to be more, well, okay, if you go after this one, you're going to have an easier time of it, but then group A, B over here is going to have heard about what you've done. Yeah. They're going to have some information on you, like what your abilities are, and they're going to try to defend against it appropriately. Yeah. And one thing is also the structure of like those last encounters, like they like the vampire lord comes into the city and he's like a near god and he's like two hundred he literally two hundred feet tall and like the scenario like those encounters I feel like one thing it like it's inevitable. Like the players have mm-hmm. no choice. It's yeah, yeah, I, 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 I never I, li- I never liked that that I yeah. feel like that has to be earned. Like the player's mm-hmm. like, if you didn't you didn't do this by this timeline, aha, now you have to fight you have a harder in boss fight. Mm-hmm. Like, I would have preferred something where the players could have like avoided that. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's the same way of the, uh, you know, like oh, well, the portal like regardless of what the players do, the portal opens. Like, yeah. Why? Yeah. Well, I mean, if the scenario is behind it, like, well, okay, yeah. If you need the portal open, it's just for the oh, scenario it's already open by the yeah, time. just make it already open. Yeah. The, having the fight, having a fight with no consequences is bullshit. Mm-hmm. You know what? I, yeah, yeah. Like. Um, but also having something happen that the players are absolutely powerless to stop. Yeah. That can get annoying for them. If it, if it's something that's meant to happen, don't give the players the illusion. Yeah, that they can, that they, that they they can. They can stop it. Just it it happens off screen. Um I would definitely I would definitely do that. Like, yeah, I, if you have a fight, there should be either positive or negative consequences whether you win or lose. And mm-hmm. uh, there's multiple fights in Ghost Town where that's wrong well that doesn't happen like you fight these guys doesn't matter you know you just mm. you just fought them you know and win or lose it doesn't matter and that's really in the titanic scenario you don't really have that problem you know no uh because no, if you, you survive a fight with the mummy you survive a fight with the mummy hooray. And good for you and you don't and go go write your soul sucked like out. hey you won go write your book yeah <laughs> get off the ship um so I definitely changed the structure of that. I, I felt like the structure of the the the, the Titanic Center was pretty dead on. So yeah, it was it was, per- yeah. The ghost Town had a lot of railroading. Yeah, and well, it, it's the, I mean, to a certain extent, railroading's fine, but like well, I think, in the illusion. Okay, there's too much open railroading. Yeah, in this scenario, there, if you need uh, if you need the players to get, do do A B C, there's ways to do it without the players thinking that. Like, well, do I have a like? Do I have a choice in this game? Or? Yeah, does it matter? Mm-hmm. Like, the players should feel their choices matter, and I feel like that—that's the main thing. Like in the Titanic scenario, it really does matter what you do because um, the players can make certain encounters much easier, much harder if they have like if they broke into the millionaire's cabinet. 
uh, and searched around, they could have found his book and his notes and gained, like, learned a ritual to hurt the mummy. Like, that's a, like, they mm-hmm. broke the law, but, th- and they betrayed the trust of their friend. But they can also think, so we broke the law. The thing we broke the law on is going to be at the bottom of the ocean. Yeah. Uh, and it's, we're alive. Hooray. Uh, and it's dead. Like, fun fact about the Titanic. Someone broke, like, broke open a door to uh, get someone out who was trapped. And a steward informed them that he's gonna, he would have them arrested when they returned to New York for damaging ship property. Yeah. That, something like that happened. Wow. Yeah. Did any of them live? Um, yes, because obviously someone reported the story. Oh, uh, yeah. But no charges were filed because... You broke it like you broke open a door on a ship that sank. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of like the the other thing is even that went to try is like prove it. I did that. It, the door's open. I just we just walked out. Yeah, yeah this is like his <laughs> word against ours. Like in the worst uh, case, like well we can't exactly examine the door now, can we? Exactly. <laughs> so uh, yeah, it's that one. That one like like what are you gonna do? Arrest me? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so I felt like the choices in the Titanic scenario really mattered. Like they, mm-hmm. like they, they have a definite impact of like yeah, there's a weight, how much there's a the weight behind them. Yeah, there's there's like the characters can benefit or they can not get you know like they make they don't get punished if they may, if they make wrong choices, but they don't gain the benefits they need. Yeah, actually, uh, to uh, fight the, the there's money. a video game I played. It was I think it was from 1997. It's like Titanic Adventure Out of Time. Yeah, it's like your uh, British Secret Service. Is agent. it a point and click adventure? Um. Kind of, yeah. Or is it a side-scrolling adventure? No, it's it's point and click, point but and it's click. 3D. Yeah, and like you're on the ship, you're and you're after. I've heard of it. Yeah, like you're after these artifacts you know, that have been smuggled by a German colonel. Right, and it's the kind of the same structure of the scenario in that all it, like, it's it all takes place on the night the Titanic sank, and basically from the moment you get your mission finally, which is on the that Sunday night at like yeah. at like 7 p.m. Yeah, to when the hit, iceberg hits, you have free reign of the ship. And that's where the that's where most of the campaign takes place. But then there's the sudden now you're on a total time crunch when the ship is sinking, and it's all the stuff you man did or did not do in the time before the ship iceberg that basically determines how difficult you have it or even if you can survive. Oh, that's yeah okay yeah so I mean that's good game design like yeah. that that like meaningful choice um, and, and like, strategy and all, and all your choices on that like the choices you make on that ship before that iceberg hits. That's going to be what your end game is, right? So, the, so there's strategy, there's thought, there's role playing in it, <laughs> yeah. and I felt in Ghost Town, like there's a lot of these big set piece fights that I'm sure in a comic book would be very dramatic if they're illustrated, mm-hmm. but like the players are just along for the ride. I felt like, yeah, it kind of seems that way. I mean, until the, the only choice you have is how you, how, okay, how you fight this combat. Is yeah. really kind of seems the only choice. Well, there's there. also a choice in the end, like who gets to be the guardian of the gate. Like mm. you, you seal the vampire lord up, and the other two players are guardians for all time, and like they have like responsibilities. And like the GM advice is, oh yes, they can be tied into future. They could return to the vision to the haunted realm because it's totes the same, and mm. you know you could reuse this place. And so it's kind of like the prelude to like a mini campaign setting, like. The thing is, it's kind of annoying because, like, you read you if you ran this adventure without realizing, you're basically running a different campaign. You're not running superhero campaign. You're running like a Doctor Strange kind of campaign. Yeah. Because like of all <laughs> the implications, like gods have like given you these responsibilities, and like you. And also, it's one of the things like, and it's, and I think uh, you know, if you're run, if you have a game world already set, what if you don't want gods? Yeah. And things like that. Well, I mean, obviously, if you don't want gods, you probably shouldn't run the adventure. Like, hopefully, true, you, but hopefully, you read it before you run it. But not. but still, it's like, yeah, it, it kind of yeah, it does kind of seem that yeah, whatever. It's totally yeah, it's gonna, it's gonna be something totally separate from anything else. Yeah, 
and it that's and the, that, that's my problem is it's like too open railroading. Yeah. Uh, and again, yeah, it's just players are very passive. Like, in fact, a lot of the game kind of just seems like a cutscene. Yeah, yeah, that's a good way of putting it. Like, you fight these guys, you fight these guys. Here's the, you, you recover at this place. You have to go and get the three. Things. In fact, yeah, it actually seems more like a uh, like like a God of War game, a, yeah. vid- a video game. Yeah, a lot of big open fights with lots and lots of bad guys. So, like, mm-hmm. and then, and then unskippable scenes. Yeah. So. I mean, there's a lot of good material. I mean, in it, like I like the idea, like these two 18th century heroes, but, the Doctor. But Bob I know, like when I, when I when I read it, I thought, well, that's not the way I'd want to handle a place like that. Yeah, there's so much more role playing, you know, potential there. Yeah, and it's like for a pocket dimension full of people stuck out of time. Yeah, and the other thing is, is a, for a mystic thing, it doesn't feel very mystical or mm-hmm. like supernatural, like. If it's mystical, there should be some fighting, obviously. Oh, sure. But well, it's a superhero game. There like, needs to be. wouldn't it be better if the witches instead like challenged them to a game of riddles for the heart, you know, or mm-hmm. something like that? Because they're like crazy old crone witches, or like uh, you could bribe them with shinies because they're actually birds who were made into witches, you know. Um, or if the vampires. Uh, again, could be hunted down during the daylight, and well, it's always eternally night there. But you know what I mean. Like, um, it it felt like there should be different encounter types. Like, there should be more sense of wonder and mysticism in it. You know, yeah. The thing it kind of lacked a holy crap. Look at this. Yeah. Uh, or just like c- clever problem solving. Or then, and they never really go into you know what would a society like that be yeah like, you know what what kind of society would they have created yeah, in this I mean, place i mean I, I applaud them for trying like to do this very ambitious thing but like they really didn't give it the page count it needed i felt mm-hmm. like it felt kind of very cramped um for the amount of like concepts they were going for. <laughs> like for a superhero game like alternate dimensions and gods and portals to other worlds and saving the world that's some epic sounding shit yeah that's like a campaign like that that needs a room to breathe and you could i mean and i see a whole campaign in a pocket dimension like that yeah yeah i mean it does give advice that you can revisit it but like i'm sorry like, yeah just going there like i mean just thinking like making alliances talking with just yeah. not not those not those only two npcs but yeah. any all the other people that have been trapped there right you well, i mean they mentioned the villagers that mm-hmm. are that are just normal people they're like flintlocks and shit like that but like yeah, they don't. There's give, shit with them you could do. Yeah, they don't mention like who their leader is. Uh, they don't describe any of their like how how they've been there seven years as far as I can tell. So isolated. I, how do they react to the players? Yeah, like 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 a bunch of Puritan settlers. Well, they're 18. They're a little later than the Puritans. It's like West Coast settlers. So like yes, yeah, Puritans are a little little earlier. Well, still, like, yeah, like old like old American, old colonial yeah. settlers. I yeah. mean, the thing like imagine if okay, what if what if one of the it's remember from that uh, the show Sleepy Hollow. Yeah, imagine like an African American. Yeah, exactly. Character. Yeah, the Sleepy Hollow. Yeah, that's a really good way of putting it. Like, um, so yeah, there, there's a lot. There, there's a lot of potential in it. it mm-hmm. it's, it's just it's not, it. It really does feel like they didn't give it. A well, I mean, there's all kinds of role playing potential. Yeah, making so, like yeah. This, you know the stuff I like to do. So yeah, I guess we're sort of at this point sort of talking about lessons learned, like mm-hmm. your critique of it. So. Um, and Titanic and the Millionaire Special. Let's go back to that. Um, sure. What I know, my single biggest criticism would be like that after the Titanic thing, they kind of just rush through it. It's all on one page, and they say you get rescued, and then it attacks. 
for three days, and then you're fine. And like, like that's something I probably would have needed to know. I would have, yeah. Like you really need another page or two to like. You're there. You're giving your deposition, and then the witch manifests in the room as you're talking to the cops or whatever. I mean, uh, yeah, that kind of seems like the end of a movie where you survive the sinking, and now you're back on shore, like in Boston or wherever. And then the and then something, music and plays. then something, and then you something happens to you. Yeah. And then the movie ends. That's what it kind of seems like. There's, yeah, yeah that's the way you would, you would imagine it. It's just, yeah. oh god, it's never going to be over. Yeah. So, but it's not because the players can't survive it. So like. They really needed to put just like one more page of like, here's how you do the actual finale. That like you, there's the false finale, the sinking, but then here's the real finale: you and the monster. And it really, it's it's all or nothing now. It's just gonna try and kill you, and it's desperate. And you, and yeah, I mean, shit, that's a, that'd be a good finale. Knowing, all right, you have to last three days. Yeah, and it's you like, but or you, even just one night, like one yeah. night on the run from a mummy in New York. As you just, you're still in shock from the Titanic, or like, or it's like, or imagine like, or imagine like, a, like three, like do do three nights, one yeah. in like New York City, yeah. So then you flee the city, like into the Pine Barrens. Well, I mean that that's like the players could choose to flee anywhere. So yeah. like that. I'm just talking about you yeah. know, just you could you could have encountered like three crazy nights. Yeah. That you know, but yeah, I mean they, they, they have time, but they have the day to prepare. Yeah. You know, so you know, like all right, you have the whole day to get ready for that night. Yeah. And so on. And then fu- you could do it once or you could do all three nights. Like, yeah. So you, you, yeah, I would do it. I mean, I personally instead of three nights do one last night, the night they get back in New York, mommy has one last shot to kill them. Maybe he tries to possess somebody so it can survive. You know, mm-hmm. that that's its goal. And the players realize that maybe like some relative, the millionaire's <laughs> like, you have to kill it. It's still alive. You know, like, Oh shit. And so they just have precious hours. So like that could be an, an intense dramatic finale. Is there in the Waldorf, uh, uh, Astoria, Astoria, and they're trying to like, oh shit, and like their other survivors, the Titanic, are all traumatized, trying to, oh, oh, I can't believe my my husband's dead. And like, yeah, lady, uh, shut up, go away. Uh, it's like, it's like, yeah, lady, okay, yeah, your husband's fine, dead, great. Sorry, we, got we, sh- we need these shotguns for grieving purposes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so it's like, like, we're Americans, we grieve in strange ways. <laughs> <laughs> we grieve in strange. So like that could be an, like. Like, there's so many possibilities. One, it could be, like, very subtle, like, in the dark, ghost haunting you or something like that. Or it could be, like, gonzo pulp where, like, it brings up, like, it goes to the morgue and raises up. Or a symbol of you have have to stay awake. Yeah, you have to stay awake until morning or something like that. And, of course, you just got back from the Titanic, so... you yeah. don't exactly have the yeah. Your pools are pretty low. You you don't have much to roll with, and yeah. So that see, but they they really needed to like they they either needed to cut the mummy out and in the scenario with the, that, so either, or they so, really needed more material. <coughs> yeah, it's either the mummy's powerless at that at the bottom of the ocean. Yeah, or, or something else. Or like they needed more. Mm. They needed to expand on that. Like you can't just like oh the mummy attacks you three for three nights mm-hmm. like. What? Uh, excuse me. What? 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 That's, that's not minor. That's that's that, a big, that's a thing. That's a, I could still die after I survived the fucking Titanic, and then a mummy eats my soul. Fuck. Like I, that's information I need. Yeah, I want that as uh, a GM and as a player. So that's kind of exactly that was that was what my point too. Yeah, is just it kind of seemed like and it just seemed like it just it was out of nowhere. Yeah. The uh, like oh, but it can still attack you. Yeah. Like, uh, what? That needed to be for earlier in the book. Like, and that's sort of an artifact of that, that it seems like that's there because, oh, well, the mummy wouldn't run out of magic points yet, so it can still attack because that's just the rules. And, like, you know, 
really, make it, like, make, like, you make just it. survived the Titanic, like, and the and the yeah. mummy. Yeah, I mean, it's getting it in the way of a good narrative. If you right. don't like make that, it into that's a like scene. the Lord of the Rings. Go, you go through all that shit, and yeah. then, and then there's the 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 Hobbit, the you know, the. Uh, the purging, the burning of the Shire afterwards. Yeah. Like, it's at that point, like, oh no, fucking way, really? Or it's like, yeah, do, doing Lord of the Rings. You throw the the ring in the Mount Doom, mm-hmm. and then oh, he made a save. He still has one hit point left. And it's like, oh come on, what? No, so, no, you just have to do, hit the the giant eye with. A I don't sword. want to. You're like, well, I don't want to. Yeah, well, we the ring's gone. <laughs> yeah, you told me throw the ring in the mountain. Yeah, and that would be it. No, he has one hit point left. He's totally you just just like get an eagle and like come on, that's bullshit. Like come on, it's we're, just we're, one. Yeah, son of a bitch. Yeah, that's what it feels like. Mm-hmm. Um, so Ghost Town, I think we went over. We that. went over that pretty well. So, yeah. but I mean, did you learn anything like positive from either of the scenarios? Like, um. Yeah, well, I think well the one one thing I learned positive is uh, it's still a it's still the I, just the idea of the scenario is still really good. Yeah, I, just Are that, both scenarios or Ghost Town. Referring specifically Ghost Town. Okay, but yeah, it's really good. I mean, I, I read it. I mean, it's you know the the specifics and the details and all yeah. that shit. But just the idea of like holy crap, that is a really cool idea. You could kick off a whole campaign like that. right. It really is a campaign setting inside a campaign setting. Yeah. So yeah, you know, I heard you like campaign settings. Yo, dog. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's. Yeah. Uh, I learned that it's a. Yeah. You know, I, I. Okay. I guess what the thing. I, main thing I took away from that is, even if the scenario, even if the whole scenario itself isn't good as a whole. Yeah. There's always something you can take from it. Yeah, always. I mean, I mean, even going back to like All Fall Down, yeah, mm-hmm. Zombie Town, there was stuff that was cool yeah, in it. Like, totally was. I mean, like Zombie Town, like there's a lot of crazy shit in it that individually would be good. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> like one, the one, the diner owner. Yeah. Uh, I, well, I was thinking like the the bed and breakfast owner who's like that's, what, psychic, I mean, that's what I meant. The yeah. bed and breakfast psychic serial killer, you know? Yeah. I was, I was like what? The, whoa. Yeah. Just like, that alone. I know. It's like it's like and, hey, this is a fuck that's up a town. great. That's a fucking good idea. And you know what it doesn't need? Yeah. Auto duel. <laughs> I think you're being a little overly harsh on auto duel. Perhaps I am, <laughs> but perhaps but on, I'm not. Oh uh, yeah, uh, but on the other hand, auto duel. It feels good, doesn't it? It does. It's cathartic. It's, yeah, it is. Um, Get some shit out of you. Mounting tank cannons on buildings to shoot at guys. It's just <laughs> senior citizen. But and you know what? It's you know. Yeah. You, but you yeah. You know what you don't. You know when you have a psychic serial killer who runs a bed and breakfast, you don't need tank cannons on roofs. Yeah, you really don't. Like you're fucked either way. You're, you're, yeah. Um, but one thing I wanted, I learned from it is again, less is more in, in scenario design. And like you, you were saying, you, right. when you all, first write it, yeah. you have to have too much. Yeah. You're and going to have too much. Almost always. And like this, but the, the, the millionaire special was, I thought was just like a, a, a great, a elegant example mm-hmm. of scenario design yeah. by taking just two things and a single mom, a single villain. A single setting, you know, a historical setting, <coughs> and turning it. I know, like it's it, people think, oh, it's not super original. It's not like it's not like a Monte or it's, it's not something. But like, I guarantee you, any group that runs through that, they're gonna remember that adventure for fucking years. Like they're gonna yeah, like, like, dude, the, we were on the Titanic. Titan- and there was a fucking mummy yeah, on board. Yeah, chasing after us. I mean, like, like, but they get this shit. 
when he got back to New York, yeah, still came after us. I know, like, yeah, exactly. It's a stuff alleged. Like, I would do like a Gonzo pulp thing where like she's raising, killing people, raising them as mummies or zombies, and like you have a holdout, <coughs> hold, you know, standoff in the 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 Waldorf uh, Astoria, and just like go crazy with shotguns and flares and pistols and just like go nuts. Oh yeah, and it takes place, or maybe you make it a couple of days because it took the dead on the Titanic a little while to walk across the ocean floor. Back to no, New they York. just she just she's an opportunity. She just go to the morgue. There's a lot of dead people. There's there's plagues and epidemics. It's 1912. Like yeah. you know, people they were fragile immigrants. Yeah. Uh, so seriously, yeah. no, that, I'm not, I'm not I'm being serious. Yeah, yeah, no, no joke. Uh, Ellis Island. If you want some good zombie bait, yeah. So I don't know. I would do something like that. But there's tons of ways to, to run it. But like it just. That's enough. Like you just one villain, one bad guy. You don't need like she doesn't need a pet Shoggoth. She doesn't need like a uh, uh, an armload of evil artifacts, each with their own special rules. There doesn't uh, there doesn't need to she be, doesn't need a shitload of spells. Yeah, either. there doesn't need to be like a Yithian possessed human on board. Yeah, exactly. You don't need yeah, but like because I know even in older Call of Cthulhu adventures they tended to load up on mm-hmm. that shit. There would be like, just like five bad like Massadonia Lothotep is a great campaign, but like holy shit. There's a you there's can, a lot of mythos there. There's a lot of mythos there, so it's very elegant, very well structured, and I think is perfect for cons and one shots. Um, you know, I'd have to run it to to uh, the sure. length might be an issue depending on how generous the GM was feeling because like it's you know what three days before it sank or four days or like, uh, it left it departed on Wednesday and sank on Sunday. So, yeah. There's uh, five days. Before. Five days. So, like, players could have a lot of, you know, you could fuck around. Like, depending on how mm. leisurely the GM wants to run the game, it could be one or two sessions. I can't say more than three. Like, no, that, that, no. that's a little much. Um, you're going to be on playing the game longer than the actual Titanic was out. <laughs> uh, that could be interesting. Run it, run that scenario, but in real time. Like, <laughs> all right, I'm going to research that. All right, we'll get back in six hours. <laughs> I, uh, I'm going to play. I'm going to play a game of poker to try to talk this guy for more information. All right, let's get some cards. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> so there's that. Um, but yeah, I, I I really liked it, and uh, you know, I, I've run, read some of the other scenarios in that book, and they were all really good. Um, very interesting historical stuff, but. Um, I think, yeah, I think the lessons if you're going to run your own scenario now is like thinking of it in terms of a film or novel with scenes, you know, an opening act, a middle act, the final act is helpful. It's mm-hmm. not essential because um, you don't want to make it too linear. You want the players right. to help determine the pacing. Uh, but you like you don't need a whole lot to have a really fun game. Like, no, you a don't. couple of cool ideas and let the players run with it. You need the players time to like freak out about this shit, mm. you know? And also yeah, you got to, and the players have to be involved. Yeah. Like, I feel like ghost town would be a good campaign if it became like first session, just investigate, just like they dig up shit. Maybe they find like they track, like maybe a professional thief stole it for the bad, like, for the, the, maybe they have to go to a super prison to interview some evil sorcerer that's captured there. Yeah. Do like a whole, you could do a Hannibal, like meeting Hannibal Lecter as an evil sorcerer. Yeah. In a and super like prison. there's prophecies and like, mm-hmm. Oh, the time of blood is coming, you know, or whatever. So that's the first session, second session. Then they get to the Island mm-hmm. and they like, Oh shit. They have to fight through the bat. They fight, have to fight through guardians to get through. And like that, that's just one fight but it's very dramatic. They get through like, oh, where are we? And then they encounter uh, Long Hunter, and then that's like the second session. 
or maybe like they, they get introduced and they, they find out what's going on a little bit. Like, oh, we need to get the first, we need to find these artifacts and like make each artifact yeah. an entire session. Well, maybe they have to, and they have to earn the trust of the people they see. Oh yeah, there you go. Yeah, the villagers are pe- totes paranoid. For good reason. Yeah, for good reason. So like each artifact is one session. Uh, so that's like five sessions already. Then they, they do the ritual and they confront Sanguine for the first time. That's six session. And then like you can go from there. So like that's like all, an entire campaign. Yeah. Like doing this in like one or two. Yeah, it kind of seems like they're trying to cram a whole campaign into. No, they really one. were. They really were. It's a Doctor Strange kind of campaign, and they really crammed into it. So, um, yeah. So I, I think we kind of. I think we got it. Yeah, covered some ground. So uh, next up, Tom, you have a letter. I do. Which is about things, 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 yeah. and then we have shoutouts, and then we have we some totally anecdotes, and it'll be great. It'll be super. All right, we'll be right back. my last letter, I explored an old and completely unoriginal character I once played. It was a very nice blast from my past and a delightful look into the obsessions I once had. After this, however, I had an idea. If going back to Caster Troy was so much fun, how about I go back and explore some of them, my original characters and the adventures they once had. So for the next few letters, I will go into some of my past characters and the final fate those characters had. I will do this until I run out of characters or my goldfish-like attention span moves on. The first character we will go back to is Brigadier General Frank Connor. This was a character in a general second edition White Wolf game back in high school. I say general game because the GM allowed things from all the books to be available as players. So there were gangs of werewolves, vampires, wraiths, and a couple of fae running around the Ozarks causing mischief. And then there was my character, Frank Connor. He was a kinfolk to the Children of Gaia. And yes, he was a retired Brigadier General from the Marine Corps. This character was unique in many, to many in that the GM and I actually role-played his entire backstory. We started in 1967 when old Frank was an 18-year-old pothead living in Springfield, Missouri. We role-played him and his brother James, who would go on to become a full-blooded werewolf of the Children of Gaia. At 18, he was drafted into Vietnam. He went through boot camp and arrived in the Nam right before the Tet Offensive. We then role-played some of his adventures in Nam as a green rookie, a vet, and later as an officer candidate and lifer in the Corps. Frank's in-game adventure started as he returned home after 28 years in the Marines. Another player was playing his brother, James. And we had a lot of fun role-playing the two brothers. James was a galliard and still had a fun-loving view of life. Frank was John Rambo with a lot less personal humor. The GM used Pentex and the Worm as main villains for the, all the supernaturals, and Frank went after it with gusto. Sure, there were werebeasts and vampires throwing around spirit gifts and vampiric disciplines, but Frank used an M60 machine gun and grenades. And I learned a valuable lesson in that game. A werewolf wielding a clave is a potent force against a group of rampaging Fomori, but a full 200-round belt of machine gun ammo works just as well. Alas, there was little further adventure that Frank Connor could enjoy in this campaign. It was a high school game, and they are, by their very nature, fickle and short-lived. Soon, attitudes changed, and the desire to change characters and game systems took over, and just as soon as it started, the battles of Frank Connor was over. However, I can always take away a few bright points of the experience. It was the first time I played a non-typical character in a game where I could have, and indeed should have, played a monster. But I didn't. 
I played basically a human whose only special power was the ability to look at a werewolf in Krinos form and not lose his mind. And it was something I can truly call original. Or maybe it had something to do with the fact that The Rock had just come out and I made Ed, Ed Harris's character because I thought it was cool. I cannot answer that. Oh, I know the answer, but I am pleading the gamer fifth. Next letter will be a, about a new character, original and longer lived, and with an obsession with an Iggy Pop song. And we're back. We told not that we went anywhere. Yeah, no. Uh, we went into the void. We do not exist except when we speak on this podcast. Ooh. You bring us into existence, and then we and die. O- and only through you do we live. Yes. Uh, no. I remember your character. I remember that general because I just I don't, I don't remember his name. I remember him as the Arsenal Five. Wealth five, willpower ten character. And yeah, I, I just rolled my eyes every time. I was like, oh. I got some extra points because I made him a kinfolk. Yeah, thing. no, I was just like, oh. I just yeah. And you had firearms five and dodge five. No, probably. I didn't. No, 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 I did not have dodge five. You had a high dodge. Though. Dodge of three. Dodge of three. Still dex five. I bet. Though. No, really. No. Are you sure? Yes. Okay. Uh, Strength and stamina were higher. Okay, that okay. But you were ridiculously high statted. Yes. Well, for any honestly, the GM, the GM gave me, I think, a bit too many overcompensation points. Yeah. Yeah. I just remember like I remember playing with it. I can't remember. I think my character. I think you were a vampire. I was a vampire of some sort. I was probably Nosferatu or Malkavian or something like that. That would be totally you. Um I don't remember what though. Uh, maybe Tremere. Uh, yeah, yeah, of course. I could just kept doing things. Like, All right, we're going after this guy. Yeah, like, what, just, do you, what do you yeah. do? Like, well, I br- well, well, I bring I bring along my you know my M sixty. I have a law rocket over yeah. this shoulder. Yeah, that's what I remember. It's like oh, I'm a vampire. I have supernatural powers of stealth. And what's my what's your supernatural guns? <laughs> I have gun. <laughs> I solve problem with bullet from weapon. <laughs> so like that's what I remember. So I just I roll my eyes every time I think of that character mentally. Uh, though, how many times have you thought about that character? character before now I, every time you bring up world of darkness that in my mind does go back to like your, really i'm glad i could affect you like arsenal that. five general like that that's what i remember so uh. i'm i'm happy that you're happy <laughs> i don't remember anything else but um <laughs> that it left an impression on me so yeah, it's a that's why i mentioned character. him yeah there you go uh so uh shout outs first mm-hmm. um First off, I want to give a couple shout-outs to web series. Um, one is uh, one I backed on Kickstarter two <coughs> years uh, back in 2011. Uh, it's called Red Scare. It's like I know I mentioned it back all the way back then when I was still on there, but uh, it's finally out after two years, and I've actually looked forward. I actually downloaded and watched the entire series because I backed it. <coughs> uh, but the first three episodes are out for all of you who just want to watch it. Um, Basic premise is 1950s, uh, air raid, sirens go off, bunch of people. As they do. As they are wont to do. So the the good citizens, uh, group of 10 citizens. Uh, small town America. Small town America. Um, rush into a fallout shelter to, you know, save themselves. And uh, then, then so they, they're all talking, like, oh, what do we do? And then the next morning, they, they all go to sleep. The next morning, one, one of them wakes up. Uh, one of them is dead. You know, two two holes in his neck, drained of blood. So the premise is vampire. There's a vampire in one of them is a vampire. They're all trapped in there. It's like, oh my god, what do we do? And that's 
So it's very funny. I liked it. It's got beautiful production design, really great actors, really good music uh, for a very, very low-budget web series. Um, and like, it's very much like, a, in terms of theme and tone, think like Little Shop of Horrors. Sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it's not a musical, but it could, uh, like, I could see that it becoming a musical. Basically, maybe. the non-singing parts of the Rick Moranis version. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, you know, not... Like super camp, but like kind of like ah, you know broad. That wasn't broad, <laughs> but you know comedic. It's very much a comedy, um, and the characters are all very archetypal. I wouldn't say stereotypical, but you know one of them is the housewife. One of them is the good girl. One of them is the bad girl. Um, so on and so forth. So. It's uh yeah it, it's a free web series right. it's really good to, entertainment for free. Do you get to find out who the vampire is? You well at the end of it yeah. Good. I, I'm good. not gonna. I'm, I don't want you to. Yeah. I would hurt you. Oh. I would drain you of blood. Oh. Jeez. Take that, Al Qaeda. That escalated quickly. Uh, <laughs> that rapidly got out of hand. <laughs> so, uh, next web series is uh, Shadowbound, and I know I mentioned this a couple yeah. months ago. Uh, it's the first episode's finally out. Uh, is this Nathan Shelton's thing? Nathan Shelton, then. Yeah. Yes, a friend of our PPR. Good friend of our PPR. Yes, uh, who has been doing things on our show for a while, and in this, uh, it's a silent horror web series. It, the, the music, it's got music, but it uses title cards. And it looks beautiful. Like it really does look like a silent film. And they really focus a lot on the, the production value of it. Um, they've got prop. They got great props. They even got like period cars. Wow. Um, costumes, pro- guns, all kinds of stuff. And uh, episode one's good. I watched episode two, which is which will be out you know next week uh, or two weeks from now. Um, and that that like has a raid. A police raid on a group of cultists performing a ritual, and I like look. Oh my god, that I can't wait till that episode comes out. So that's that's like, I want people like look, look at this. It's good. It's totes good. Like first episode is really good, but like second episode, oh my god. So it's so it's an oh my god. Oh my god. It's like it's like I mean I'm gonna be fair. Like in Springfield, Missouri, there's like levels of good. Like there's like it's good for this town, and then there's like good good. Like, why are you still here? Like, yeah, it's good. Like, it's good anywhere. And Shadowbound is definitely the second character. It's definitely good, like anywhere. So, like, it's it looks like a game of Call of Cthulhu, nineteen twenties Call of Cthulhu, or a game of Arkham Horror that's just being acted out in silent. You know, uh, uh, we played that recently. We lost. We lost. Nyogatha ate us. You ate the world tendrils from below. I want to fight against one of those ones. You did, but it didn't matter. It did not matter. We. Because Insmith too, yeah. Insmith calls. That's, that's what that's what started the damn. Well, the the, 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 the end we fight pissed off the deep ones so much that they woke up Niogatha and Niogatha then ate us because we totally didn't stand a chance. Against I'd actually told others to see that. Actually, it just happens like just deep ones. Like, hey, uh, yeah, you would not believe what they have done. Could yeah. you just like awaken now? Yeah, because they're just pissing us off. Yeah, just go for it. Which I would love to see that animated. So I'm just like deep ones with a with a phone, and then Neogatha with a phone. Like, oh yeah, yeah I'll totally awake right now. Yeah, they're I'll totally killing. <laughs> All right, I'm I'm not gonna be posing. Um, finally, another web, one other web series. Um, it, this is what well, documentary or I don't know what you call it. Uh, What's well, a documentary? It's done out. I've only watched half of it though because it's like nine parts and each episode is like half an hour long. Right. Uh, it's called the Smash Bro- Brothers. Oh God, yeah. And it's a documentary <laughs> about the competitive smash brothers melee scene from like 2004 onward and so it's done like a sports documentary but it's like 
oh, here's Ken. He was the undisputed king of the West Coast. And then he fought Isaiah or uh, Azen from the East Coast. And they had this epic battle. And like then he figured out, you know, uh, 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 directional interference and like oh wow oh my god waves he, he did wave dashing for the first time I'd never seen that before it was so awesome you know and like it, these people this huge scene of like thousand people just obsessing over Smash Brothers and like making that into the game it was like pretty ridiculous yeah I can totally imagine so that. like yeah it was really cool and um because like you like the, the New York players like these big like tough like guys like yeah we play Smash Brothers. And like, what? Yeah, yeah, and like I told kick ass Curry, like they they talk trash when they they do it. It's like with Jigglypuff or whatever, and it's As, yeah, because you want to talk to us tough with Jigglypuff. Um, yes, exactly. Uh, so Tom, you had a game. Yeah, you uh, yeah. Often as uh, I wish I could take credit for this statement, but. I'm afraid uh, Yahtzee from uh, Zero Punctuation gave me this one. Is All right. sometimes when I play really stupid games, I have to immediately scrub my take a Steam bath. Okay, as in go onto Steam and download some game and play it. Okay, I downloaded uh, the, uh, the Wolf Among Us. Yeah, which is uh, the game, kind of the uh, adventure game based off of fables. Yes, and uh, I I was always a huge fan of those kind of games, starting with like Day of the Tentacle way back when. Right. Have you played the Walking Dead series? Uh, no, I have not. <laughs> It's from the same company. I've heard kind of mixed reviews about it. I've heard really good things about The Walking Dead. Yeah. But, yeah, zombies aren't really my thing. No. Anyways. But, no, this one, it's, uh, you're playing, like, you know, the big bad wolf, basically. Yeah. Big B. Yeah, as a, yeah, a private investigator. Yep. And it's a whole lot of, I mean, I just love just the, this, the characters in the game are worth it alone. You should read the comics. I probably yeah. should. You probably should. They're pretty awesome. But I basically, I, I just went on Steam like, all right, Steam, entertain me. <laughs> I was like looking for what's popular on Steam. Oh, I will download this, knowing nothing about it. Nice. You and took a risk. I took a risk, and it paid off. Nice. The bold strategy, God. Let's, Let's see, see how, it and it worked out, and it did pay off. Uh, speaking of games on Steam, um, there's two I, I played recently uh, that I both liked. Uh, well, I, I also mentioned Arkham City, but you know, sure, that's Whatever. been out for a while. I, yeah. I actually waited to play that until the. I basically I down, I bought it last year, and then I was like, yeah, I'll play it some other time. And then I heard like games for Windows Live is being shut down. I'm like, oh, maybe they'll patch that out of Arkham City, and then I can play it. And then they did, so I'm like, all right, I better fucking play it. I played it and that was fun. Um, and I well, just my it. God, when did you when did you actually finally beat Skyrim? <laughs> this year, uh, yeah, right, <laughs> like a couple months ago. Like, I mean, I put like I've only put it, I've only put in like 60, 65 hours into Skyrim. I'm a monster. Yeah, because so. well, the game's so small. Yeah, yeah, clearly. <laughs> uh, but anyways, um, another game that I did play as soon as it came out and beat multiple times, multiple yeah. times because you have to. It's called the Stanley Parable. The full game's out. It like. It's brilliant in okay. so many ways, and I can't say anything else about it, except there is a free demo for it on Steam that you should download and play. And it's original content. It is not recycling anything from the actual game itself. So you're saying I should purchase this game? You should play the demo first, then see if you want to play the game. You will want to play the game after you play the demo. If I don't, I'm not a human being. You No, I know you, Tom. You will want to play the Stanley Parable after you play the demo. Oh, really? How yes. can you be so sure? Because uh, you're you. Fine. I will download this demo tonight. Unless you're doing, unless you pr- pr- don't because of, you know, you want to spite me or something like that. Ross, 
How many? T- I'm not going to continue this. I'm just not. <laughs> uh, uh, all right. Uh, last year, uh, um, not many this time. Uh, one, of the other game I played on Steam is Eldritch. It's a Lovecraftian roguelike. Uh, graphical. The graphics look a little like Minecraft. Sure. Uh, but you, like you wake up, you're in a library. Um, you go in, and then <clears> you, you step through a magical book into this dungeon, and you have to get items, and then that's pretty much it. So like, it's um, it's fun. Yeah, people cool. have said it's too easy. I haven't put that many hours into it, I'll be honest, because uh, Arkham City. Uh, but it's fun. And, it, you know, wait for it to go on sale or whatever. For, you know, if you get it for like 10 bucks or something like that, it's worth getting, I think. Okay. So Fair enough. Uh, if you're, especially if you're a big fan of Roblox. Um, finally, best of the worst uh, from Red Letter Media. Mm-hmm. Aaron actually mentioned this to me, and I finally got around to watching it. And what they do, the guys from Red Letter Media who did the question about Prometheus did the incredibly, insanely detailed analysis of... The Star Wars. Uh, Star Wars, yeah. Um, <laughs> now they do this episode, uh, the series where it's about half an hour per episode where they like get two or three bad movies and then they watch them and then they critique them. Like, really fucking bad movies. Like, Russian Terminator. Like, movies you've never heard of. Or Zot. Uh, I think they did that one. They did Extro which they actually really like. That was like the one legit good movie they watched. Um, which I have seen, by the way. And, but yeah, like Russian Terminator and Cyborg Tracker. They did RoboJocks, which Shit. they kind of liked. Uh, well, yeah, they kept mentioning that after uh, Pacific Rim. Yeah. So it's worth watching if you like people giving really good, yeah. insightful critiques of really bad movies. And, and they did. And a, making fun and of they them. And they did, full, they, did rev, they also watched the entire uh Resident Evil series. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but um, best of the worst. So uh, that's on Red Letter Media's YouTube channel. Those guys are really good. They're, they are really good. Uh, again, you finally watched their their takedown of Adam Sandler's career. And son of a bitch, they, they have insight. They fucking... I know, right? They're just like crazy good. Uh, it was for what? <clears throat> uh, what was the movie called that they... they Jack were? and Jill. Jack and Jill, yeah. Jack and Jill. Look at their just it's and, like and 45 minutes. And you think it's just going to be a review of Jack and Jill. Nay, nay. No. They a, that is a critique of every Adam Sandler movie ever made. It is made. 45 minutes of just like pure analytical insight into why Adam Sandler is evil and how he gets away with it, you know. Mm-hmm. And it's brilliant. And just like the comedic joke breakdown, you know, and like it's just there was one joke in the movie, one actual joke. <laughs> and like holy shit. Anyways, sorry. So, that, so, that, so you guys and and also you guys, you gave me just the what was the black goo? <laughs> <laughs> what was the black? Goo? Yeah, there are questions on Prometheus. Uh, yeah, they, they've legendary. done two, they've done two videos on that now oh, with the yeah. DVD release of it, <laughs> of course. So you know, like the the forty eight DVD disc set of all your questions will be answered. <laughs> <laughs> nice. So um, finally, we have our anecdote. We do as usual. Uh, have a couple of little things to mention. Um, one is, uh, you might notice I've been coughing a little bit. I'm getting as am uh, I. Yeah, uh, I've been getting over a cold. I'm basically over it, except my my I still cough. Yeah. But uh, a couple weeks ago, I was not. I was still like it happened right after I got back from New York, which really sucked. Well, know? New York makes you sick, apparently. Um, <coughs> so uh, I, but I, I was like, fuck it. Well, I'm still gonna run games because let, t- let me tell you people something. Ross Payton is hardcore. Yeah, so doesn't matter if he has if he's diseased. Yeah. he will run the game. I will infect all of y'all, uh, and because uh, he don't give a fuck. I don't. <laughs> no clearly. fucks are given. Nope. 
so I ran Eclipse Phase uh, mm-hmm. right after I got back to finish off an adventure I'd started before you guys left. And so there's like, oh, what are we doing? What's going on? And the thing is, my voice was so froggy. I sounded like I was um, uh, who did I, not who? quite. Yeah, we 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 use Chloris Leachman. Yeah. It's like, oh, hello, dear. That's all good. Oh, yeah. Yes, I saw a play by. Uh, it was put on by Andy Warhol, and you know, yeah, so it was like Horace Leachman or uh, Linda Linda Richmond. Yeah, Linda Richmond. Yeah, that'd be good. And so I ran the whole game like that. And so like, the adventure was a resolution of um, them going to the the series. Mm-hmm. I think I mentioned this before in the podcast. <laughs> and finding out something, investigating oh, a mystery. Like, oh, uh, darling, just the Titans are bad news. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And so that was that. So when you, when you find that, that'll be like four or five episodes in on the eclipse phase, next eclipse phase campaign duality. And I know I'm, we, we, at some point we need to do like an episode about GMing or regrets. Um, yeah, yeah, we should, because I know like in this campaign, like I like the individual scenarios you guys have been doing and everything, but I know, I think I made it too convoluted. I, I don't know. I'm very self-critical of when I'm running games, and there's always that inner critic just like screaming at me, like, "Why did you do that? You're so terrible!" And so I feel like I made it too critical. Uh, the plot convoluted, and then like, so anyways, we could talk all day about just oh, we totally. about games I've run. Um, it kind of seems like if we do an episode like that, we need to like be sitting here with like a bottle of scotch between us and just like. I remember that time. <laughs> <laughs> Done. Like yeah. you, you think we're not? I, I will buy the scotch tomorrow. We will do that. That's awesome. Uh, I like that idea. Uh, um, I just like mention it. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so anyway, so you look for that. So there's no particular anecdote from that because I don't want to spoil anything because it's a mystery. Um, but I do want to mention uh, the like the actual play that we just posted. Yes. Uh, base Raiders for our first fairy game of it called Transit. Um, yeah. Aaron made a good point. Like we played it kind of like we played Heroes of New Arcadia. I was like, yeah, that makes a lot of sense because that, well, you tell them about the rocket boots. If well, you haven't listened to it already. Yeah. Okay. Well, you haven't listened to it already. First, why? Yeah. And second, if this doesn't convince you to listen to it, you're not human beings. <laughs> you have no soul. <laughs> All right. The mummy has sucked your soul out on the Titanic. Uh, apparently. But, uh, well, we are down in the, we are down in the base. Yeah, doing our doing the base rating thing. Yeah, even though we're totally not professional base. Well, raiders. that was the setup: is that you were civilians, you stumble into a base, and oh my god, and superpowers! Among like among the devices that were located were a pair of rocket boots. Yeah, and um, guess who gets them? Well, I'll give you a hint. Uh, I'll give you three guesses, but you're only going to need one. A <laughs> A Ron got them, and uh, of course. Nothing is they, they really don't come into effect while we're in the base. Yeah. However, when we get out of the base, of course it's the you know, the tunnels. The, the tunnels yeah, and the police have cordoned off this area around Central Park. Rampaging robots. Rampaging robots. As they are want to do. And Ro- Aaron gets to the surface and as if he was channeling these <laughs> the robot assassin. Yeah. He, he's wearing body armor too. He's wearing body armor, not okay, not power armor, but still body armor. High tech body armor that fully covers the body. Yeah. So he decides. Well, I have these. I I could travel normally, but I have these rocket boots. Up I go into the air. Yeah. So basically, yeah, like they they find tunnels that lead out of the base to they, the surface. They get to the surface. Well, the, like well, they don't get to the surface. Like like they find a ladder that leads up. You know, <laughs> tunnel that goes up, and so like 
Caleb goes, or one character goes first. David and I do. David and I, yeah. You guys just climb with the ladder because you don't have rocket boots. Um, and you, you do have superpowers, though. <coughs> or at least you do because you have, uh, you took some super soldier drugs. Essentially, I became a super, super science genius, but I turned into a gray. Yeah. And so you you two kind of like sneak around or whatever. But Aaron, so the, the thing yeah. is, that, to keep in mind, to visualize this, is that Aaron is flying through the tunnels. With rocket boots, which is fine. Like, yeah, totally. Yeah, but then he sees the the ladder leading up, and he just decides, I'm not, just not gonna, I'm up. not gonna, like, I will not just land and climb up the ladder or look around or stop. No, just whoop, up I go, up I go, because what could possibly go wrong? Up, up and away. And he, because he never, he didn't even think like maybe I should look and see if there's danger out there, or so. he just assumed that the police. Would because he's a hero. Because he's a hero, that the police wouldn't like freak out that there's a guy in body armor and rocket boots flying above their heads after they're dealing with crazy robots. So the police, of course, just start shooting like him. another crazy robot. Yeah. Well, they don't know what his deal <coughs> is, and they're just like, well, no, and he, you know, they start shooting. So um, Aaron, for because of his rocket boots, can dodge them easily. Mm-hmm. But he's just like, why are they shooting? I'm going to try and warn them about the real bad guy who escaped. They're like, how are you going to warn them? Like, they aren't going to believe you because <laughs> you have rocket boots. You're just flying overhead. Like, you're not. You're like, just- and by the way, I want to say, I remember <laughs> before we started doing this, I, I was arguing with you. Like, I kind of firstly think they would have tried to figure it out. But then oh, yeah. uh, I had to go back in my head and remember the scene. Like, oh, yeah, he just flew, <coughs> out, he just flew out of the sewers with this yeah. thing. No, that's exactly what the cops would do. Yeah, I mean, that's it. Like, if, and, and the thing, But I think what yeah, surprised me is he was shocked that the cops were shooting at him. Yeah. Like, why are they shooting at me? <laughs> why wouldn't they shoot at you? You're flying over their heads. In uh, yeah, the, bi- the bigger shock would be if they didn't shoot at you. Yeah, they're not, they don't know you. They're dealing with high-tech th- robots that are shooting up the place and all kinds of crazy stuff. It's basically, it was the robot assassin all over again. It, it literally was. I said, the robot assassin. Uh, and like, he's just, Aaron was not pleased. No, with that. But uh, I'm sorry. Well, first of all, I <laughs> don't. Well, funny. A, I don't care because he doesn't listen to this show. <laughs> he doesn't. Yeah. So I uh, can say, yeah, no, they. That's exactly what the cops. In fact, I'm amazed he didn't get injured or killed. Well, like again, it's an origin story <laughs> adventure. So I specifically made it. They were mundane skill, and mm. he had extraordinary power tier. So basically, he had a huge advantage over their shooting ability. Yeah. So I. But that. It, but it finally took you mentioning they're 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 calling in like the tactical units to bring in the bigger, the big yeah, guns yeah. was the only, that's all. That was the finally, when he finally just, all right, all right, I'll stop flying around and provoking them. Well, yeah. Cause like he didn't have a plan other than that. So it's a hilarious moment in the game. And I just like, the thing is the reason I bring up was an anecdote, even though the actual players mm-hmm. are, because the next day or a couple of days after that, Aaron's running his own game. Yeah. Um, that he was a, a call <laughs> to do scenario that will get posted here sooner or later. Um, and before the game starts, like Aaron, what were you thinking? I wasn't like, like I just like the I, best think, I wasn't paying attention. Like, the best answer. Yeah, yeah. I was playing around my phone. I just like yeah, I'll fly up. Why, why not? Like it just all right. Fair Which enough. is proof that in games you need to pay attention. And, yeah, I mean sometimes we all, we all lose our attention sometimes. We all like do. there. You can always ask a question if you if you've lost the <laughs> plot. You can ask like what what's going on? What's happening? You know, you could always ask the GM question. I don't. As think long it, as you do the penance dance, <laughs> I don't. I'm, 
We're okay. We we're, we're working that in. <laughs> it's it's not it's law. Feature. It's not law yet. Yeah, yeah it, it's it's a new feature. Uh, we're rolling it out. So yeah, well, uh, we're, well, we're uh, like we're quality testing it. <laughs> okay, fair <laughs> enough. Um, so I think that kind of wraps up. this yeah. little. So, but uh, if that doesn't no. if that doesn't make you want to listen to it, oh my I, God. but I don't know what to say. What? what just if you, okay. If you don't buy, if you don't listen to it, just buy my book. Yeah, buy my book. Just make. <laughs> Seriously, if you could see the sad face Ross is making now, oh my! If you could see this face, you would buy the. Book. I really need some Sarah McLaughlin music playing. You really do. I really do. Uh, or it's like, or it's like, I, all or proceeds I, go. Or I could do like one of those Sally Struthers commercials. Like, look at this. Look at Ross Payton. I want to write books. He, he wants like he wants to do things, but he can't. <laughs> the only way he can is if you buy his book. <laughs> there we go. Uh, so with that cheery message uh, <laughs> out of the way, uh, this ends yeah episode ninety four uh, scenario no two electric boogaloo. Uh, we'll probably do a lot more of these in the future because this has been fun to do. Yeah, I, mean, I think I think we uh, more material. So if there's particular RPG material you would like us to. Examine, Seriously, it, yeah, we talk, will. Discuss. We will totally do an episode on it. Um, probably, maybe some old we, school. Renaissance. We will even mention you on the internet, possibly. Uh, uh, but a good note for that. Oh, speaking of that, one last thing. Um, one listener, uh, we got a couple of emails about our last episode. Oh man, totally forgot about it. Um, one uh, person, uh, Charles, he had some really great insight into architectural horror. I've been emailing him back mm-hmm. and forth a little bit. But another listener, um, uh, Diane, I can't remember her last name. Uh, Dud mentioned like body horror. She, mm-hmm. we forgot the best possible example of body horror: pregnancy. Oh yeah, yeah. Like holy which, sh- which is amazing to me since you know, I, I recently had a new new baby cousin born. Yeah, so, and uh, I wasn't, of course, I wasn't. It, it was in horrific there. in many ways because you're looking at this, you know, like as I said, this wrinkly potato <laughs> right. that is eventually going to morph itself into a human being. It's like having a dog that slowly learns it's how to a, talk. Thank you, Scrubs. Um, like. Also, I wanted to add briefly, uh, do that. We will totally mention you on the internet. But if you do that, remember, if you are wanted by authorities, they can use the internet too. <laughs> All right. So don't, don't, don't want, don't tell us not to mention your name if you are wanted. Yeah. All right. Fair enough. Um, Especially if there's a reward because <laughs> Ross will totally turn you in. <laughs> okay. And for the well, for that matter, so would I. <laughs> All right. Because money's great. Um, yeah, so anyway, uh, I just want to mention, like, uh, Caleb also <laughs> came up with the idea of doing a pregnancy. So if you want the ultimate body horror scenario, just in the universe. All right, there's a show um, on the BBC that's very popular called Midwives Calling or something like yeah, that. Something, yeah, something like um, that. It's about midwives in, like, the 40s, 50s when medical like, midwivery fuck. sucked. Uh, really sucked. And so Caleb, like, posted on his radio, how about the midwives plus... Deep ones, Cthulhu. Oh dear. Yeah, it it ends with a nun with a Stein gun shooting at the place up. Uh, Stein gun shooting the place. I'm like, yeah, it's old. Like that's the ultimate body horror scenario. Or Bren gun. Yeah, Bren gun. Okay, well, some kind of British gun. Yeah, some kind of British firearm. Yeah, Uh, killing all the deep ones. Do you know saying something vaguely religious? Of course. While she she does it. Uh, So there you go. The power of Christ. So we we leave you with that imagery, cheerful as it is. Think about put that in your brain and smoke it. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Uh, We'll see you guys next time. This is Russ Payton and Tom Church. Thank you.